0: Welcome to Snap, survivors of narcissistic and abusive personalities. This educational recovery podcast is presented by Claremont Mental Health and Mandy Friedman, licensed professional clinical counsellor. This presentation contains vital information for survivors of abuse. Topics include the spectrum of abusive personalities, targets of abuse, abusive relationships, and survivors in recovery. We hope this information helps you gain solid footing and clarity as you navigate your road to recovery. I'm Mandy Friedman, Licensed Professional Clinical Counselor, Clinically Certified Domestic Violence Counselor, Clinically Certified Trauma Professional, the creator of SNAP, Survivors of Narcissistic and Abusive Personalities, the owner of Claremont Mental Health. It's a lot to say in one breath. Today we're talking about mass shooters and mental illness. I want to fortify you with some truths about mass shooters and people that commit mass violence. Man. It is really maddening and frustrating when you hear nonsense being reported in the news about what causes incidents like the ones that have taken place in schools across our country over decades. Things get said and They're factually untrue. And one of the things that is factually untrue is that mass shootings or mass violence happens as the result of severe mental illness. We have mountains of research on this topic. It isn't true. And let me tell you why. I'm gonna tell you lots of reasons why. I have lots of notes. I'm gonna share some things with you. I wanna give you some facts and some truth that hopefully will give you a good footing for navigating such horrific and horrible circumstances. As someone with mental illness, someone who loves people with mental illness, someone who treats people that have mental illness, mental illness doesn't cause mass shootings. And if you're saying this, you need to stop. And if people around you are saying it, now you can correct them. I'm going to offer you some information, some facts and truth, that hopefully we can correct this myth that keeps getting tossed around. I got all kinds of facts here I can't wait to share with you. Let's get started. There's a difference between personality disorders and mental illness. Mental illness is something that can be treated, can be medicated, it's not a reflection of the person's personality or their character. It has to do with um, brain chemistry. It has to do with environmental factors. But, but the thing is, is that when someone has a mental illness, there are things that can be done about this. And it doesn't mean that they're a certain type of person as a result of having the mental illness. They're two separate things. Your personality is separate from your mental illness diagnoses, right? right? So. It's a personality type. Is the type that commits violence, not someone who has a mental illness. They just—they're just, they're two separate things. But people don't understand the difference. Okay, I, I'm, I'm frustrated. <laughs> I'm feeling despair, and anger, and hopelessness. Much like my clients are feeling so forgive me for being a little choppy today or off target i'm just a little bit fueled by emotion right now i'm, I'm reaching for fa- facts and truth in order to ground myself and i want to share the facts and truth with you in hopes that this will help you find some grounding as well we have a lot of research on the topics of violence mass violence and what leads someone to commit such an act. There's research. We know things, fact-based stuff. This isn't just, you know, your next door neighbor making shit up and just saying things off the cuff, like, well, that guy was crazy or mentally ill or, no, 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 no. That's not at all, at all what the research shows, okay? Alright, so someone who has a personality disorder that is their personality that's who they are mental illness is separate from someone's personality you can be someone that has a, <clears throat> a narcissistic personality with depression right but the depression can be treated the narcissism cannot necessarily depending on the situation and the person with the narcissism, right? Okay, so you could have a psychopath who also has OCD and that OCD can be treated. Psychopathy, not so much. Okay, so there's a distinction between personality disorders, and mental illness. Personality is who you are. It's your makeup. It's how you look at yourself in the world. It's how you look at other people. Mental illness is an overlay. It's a layer that we can affect, that we can target, that we can affect positive change with someone if they have a mental illness. We can change their environment, change their behavior, change their thinking, give them medication. There's things that can be done to help that person get better. But let me just tell you that for someone to have a severe mental illness and commit mass violence is extremely rare. It's very rare. It's not that it hasn't ever happened, but it is very rare. As the result of all my learning and education and research on the topics of abusive personalities, that has led me to also investigate and become very aware of psychopathy, psychopaths, narcissists. These are people that lack empathy, and they lack shame, they lack um, a conscience, and because I wanted to learn about abusive personalities and who hurts people. That's that's what I wanted to know. Who hurts people? Who's doing this and why? Well, guess what comes up as part of my continuing education? And that would be mass shooters. That has been something that I've learned about. So I'm just regurgitating something that I have already learned about through other sources, but I want to share it with you because it's very distressing when you hear in the media or on social media that this type of violence happens because of mental illness, when it's just not true. And try arguing that point with someone who's ignorant and doesn't know better. They think you're crazy for saying that the person wasn't crazy. But guess what? They're not crazy. The people that commit these acts are in their right mind. But here's what they do have going on. We've got extreme anger, persecution, in other words, that they believe they're being persecuted. Um, they want violent revenge. And there's some severe narcissism going on. Um, now, these are a reflection of someone's character traits, like th- this is their personality, right? Which is very different from serious mental illness. So personality disorders are enduring, pervasive, these are inflexible behaviors and attitudes, Um, and it takes a certain type of personality to be able to commit such an act. This person needs to lack empathy entirely. The psychopathy piece is the part where this person lacks empathy. So this is what allows them to commit the act. There might be people that have thoughts but they wouldn't take the action because they do have a sense of empathy, like they would feel bad about it. We might have somebody that has some, you know, angry type thinking, but they're not a psychopath, so therefore they can't commit the act because their personality won't allow them. Whereas someone who's a psychopath, their personality allows them to do this. They, they have the freedom to do it, in other words. But the thing that drives them is the narcissism, not the psychopathy. In other words, the narcissism is the thing that draws them to act. The the narcissism is what creates the context for them. The narcissism is what makes them feel persecuted, what makes them feel like they're the center of the universe and that whatever they're about to do is going to make them famous and to prove a point, right? That's narcissism. So somebody that has high narcissism and also, psychopathy, that's who commits mass violence. Not someone with bipolar disorder. Not someone with schizophrenia. Okay. Sorry, I'm just. Okay. We're gonna keep going. This is tough stuff, but we're gonna do it. Also, there's a myth that mass shooters, that they snap, like that out of nowhere, that they have this like impulsive act, as if they just, you know, I'm just, today's the day, I'm gonna get the gun and shoot people up. No, they have methodical, thought out plans. They didn't just snap, they've been planning it. Purposefully, they have lots of preparation that's done Lots of thinking it through and then clearing a path in order that they can complete the act. That's not someone who's out of their mind or crazy. That's not someone who's being impulsive. That's someone who's being methodical and strategic, which means they're using this part of their brain. They're not even in the emotional part of their brain when they're doing these things. Sometimes they click over into this like logical task, task function type thinking. I gotta do this, check, how can I make that happen? Now I gotta get this done, how do I make that happen? Okay. Something else that is a myth is that they are alcoholics or that they're addicts or that they're on drugs when they do these acts, that they're out of their mind on drugs. Wrong! Wrong. Even if they have a history of that, even if they have struggled with substance use disorder in the past, because remember, somebody with a personality disorder can also have other disorders, so you can have a personality disorder and a substance use disorder. But guess what? They will purposefully and methodically not use and not drink in order that they will be able to commit the act and that they will be able to take out the maximum amount of casualties. They want to be functioning. They want to be on target. So they will purposefully not drink. Now, does that sound like somebody who's snapped and that they're out of their mind and that they just impulsively showed up and killed a bunch of people? No. They, they woke up and said, I'm not gonna drink today so that I can kill as many people as possible. Okay, keep going. So a lot of mass shooters will report that their anger is there in their acts of violence is there because they were blocked somehow from like a personal goal um, and that, you know, for example, they were expelled from school or they got fired from work and um, or that they had some negative social stuff going on that, you know, they were bullied or they were ostracized. Um, and. They have disproportionate amounts of rage, anger, and these feelings of being persecuted. And furthermore, when we're talking about differential diagnoses, in other words, we have to, you know, um, by process of elimination, find potential reasons for this and then cross those off the list. And we cannot connect the dots back to depression anxiety right that their anger their disproportionate anger their disproportionate narcissism that this is all about me right it's all about me that's not related to mental health it's just not okay so what we have within this person is like i said narcissism psychopathy and they're also very paranoid um their perception of the world and themselves is is distorted, and probably the most distorted part is their elevated sense of importance, um, their elevated sense that they are somehow the center of these things that you know the world revolves around them. Furthermore, that their actions are going to create some sort of a ripple effect that shows the world the truth you know that that what they're about to do is going to make them famous but in a good way and that there's going to be people that are like yeah you know like you did the right thing and and that they're going to be elevated in society because of what they just did so that's very distorted but at the same time that's not the same thing as mental illness personality disorder by nature means that you don't see yourself clearly you lack self-awareness and you lack emotional intelligence in some situations so that means that you can't really figure out how you actually relate to the rest of the world and where you fit in because you just can't don't have that sort of vision so these are the three components narcissism psychopathy and paranoia these are the three um components that make up this person's Personality. The paranoia part, that's the one where you're thinking that it's all about you and that everybody's out to get you. Um, Yeah, so those are the three major personality components for people that commit these acts. Also, I want to point out that American culture, uh, man, in this research article that I'm using for this video is a quote that narcissism has been described as the classic American pathology. As Americans, our culture, our society, we praise narcissism and encourage narcissism. We fuel it, we pay for it, we, we buy into it. Everybody's clicking selfies and, you know, it's being a star, being famous, right? Like, narcissism is sort of patriotic, right? It's our country and we take care of our own people if we really do, right? But but it's that, you know, xenophobic, clannish type attitude where it's all about us and no one else. Like even as a nation, some somehow that has become prevalent that if you make it all about you, then that means you're being a good American. Okay. Another myth is that mass shootings are somehow related to violent video games. There's research on this topic. We've already put this to bed. There is not a correlation there. Lots of people play violent video games and it is not something that leads to violence. Mass shooters also see themselves as like pseudo commandos. Um, yeah, that kind of like stolen valor type personality where they identify as, you know, that, that they are either military or um, that they're police. Uh, and so they wear garments that look like a uniform um, or like they're some sort of tactical gear. So they see themselves as like a, a rogue soldier. There are warning behaviors, including Domestic violence. Yup, that is a huge, huge factor. If you look back in the histories of these individuals, domestic violence is definitely present. So there are things that lead up to the act. There were lots of warning signs. They also will leak, do these sort of like leaking, social media posts or comments that they make or a letter that they write or, uh, you know, so they will definitely kind of give a hint that they're going to do something. Um, So there are things that we can see in the history of the person that would give us indicators that they were heading in this direction. Again, they didn't just snap. They got this way somehow. And in order to get to the point of pulling out the gun, they, they were pushed to that point, remember? Right, because the reason they're doing it is because they're being persecuted or because they're standing up for something. They think that they are, um, that they're acting on behalf of a cause, whether it's their own cause or potentially a group cause, if they're claiming to belong to a group. So they'll express to other people what their intentions are prior to committing the act. So uh, they'll have personal grievances and moral outrage. Moral outrage, okay, so, We're having moral outrage right now. They have moral outrage. What the, but yeah, so as they're doing this, because they're doing it for justice or for balance. And yet here we are sitting with the actual moral outrage not only why this individual would commit the act, but why we as a nation continue to allow this to happen. That's righteous moral outrage. But the the paradox of it, the hypocrisy of it, that's how you know we have a personality disorder present, is that they can't even see that audacious hypocrisy in their actions, their behaviors, and in their words. They can't even see it as we all sit here And say, wait, you did this because you thought you were wronged? And then you just did what you did? And we're supposed to praise you for that? Okay. Also, they will. belong to sort of an ideology or a belief system. And sometimes they have become more radical than their peers and therefore ostracized. And this could be one of the triggers that leads them down this path is that they've wanted to belong, but their extremist nature will get them kicked out of extremist groups. And then they feel like that they don't have any other choice, right? That they have to speak up because they're not being acknowledged. I'm gonna read through some other factors here, just for the sake of saving time. Um, They'll have a dependence on virtual communities. They will feel thwarted at their occupational goals. Their greatness isn't, you know, people don't recognize their greatness, or they didn't get the promotion, or um, their boss, you know, criticizes them, whatever. And then they will have like a change in their thinking that they will become more black and white. They will become more simplistic and rigid in their thinking. So you could see how that would happen. Here they are, um, you know, they're walking in these online communities in these circles thinking that they are, you know, with their peers, but then they see their peers aren't extreme enough. So then they voice their more extreme views. Then they get ostracized. And then they change their thinking to well, Now we have to take action because the good guys aren't even, to them, the good guys aren't even, you know, they're not even on task at all. I'm going to have to do this for all of us. That's what the thinking would be. So they become the moral authority. um, And then this violence becomes a self-righteous act of their superior beliefs. Um, and then another factor that they find is what they're saying in this article is failure of sexual pair bonding, <laughs> or what we would like to call incels. Incel. So, do you know what this means? Involuntarily celibate. So these are men that are angry because they don't have sex partners. So, yeah. And now I'm going to read you some stuff as we end. And I realize I'm all over the place. I'm just, I felt like I wanted to say something. I didn't quite know what to say. And offering information is kind of my go-to. This next part's hard, though. Here we go. Women are 16 more. I can do this. Um, women are 16 times more likely to be killed by gunfire in the United States than other um, developed nations. Also, a woman is 500 times more likely to be killed in a domestic violence event when there is a gun present. Nearly one million women alive today have been shot or shot at by an intimate partner. I am aware of survivors that tell stories about weapons being held to them. So a knife to your throat, a gun to your head. Yeah, so I've I've heard these stories of guns and weapons being present and how they are wielded in order to strike fear into the target. Nearly one million women alive, let's say it again, Today have been shot or shot at by an intimate partner. Abusers use guns to threaten and control their victims even if they never pull the trigger. Around 4.5 million American women alive today have been threatened with a gun by an intimate partner. Of female victims of homicide, 90% are killed by a person they know And half of these offenders are current or former intimate partners. I'm gonna say it again. Of female victims of homicide. 90% are killed by their intimate partner or previous intimate partner. They know this person. A 2017 analysis places the annual risk of being killed by a stranger with severe psychosis at one in 14 million. Most suicides that follow homicide occur in the context of intimate partner violence. The perpetrators are motivated by dependency on and or desire to be reunited with their victims. So, I hope this has cleared some things up. I guess this in some ways is my way of processing because it makes me feel like maybe some good can be done by helping people see that mental illness is not to blame and therefore we're not contributing to that stigma of mental illness so that we can notice and be aware and so that we can learn about other people by the words that they're using and by the explanations that they're giving. That says something about them as well. Okay. Thank you for watching. Please like and subscribe. If you like this podcast, subscribe and leave us a review. Find Mandy Friedman, LPCC, CCDVC on YouTube and Facebook. Join the Snap Survivors of Narcissistic and Abusive Personalities Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at The Official Snap. Thanks for listening.